What's up, team? Before we head into the episode, I just wanted to take a second to give a special shout out to Just Move. That is my online subscription platform. I have hundreds of workouts over on Just Move, anything from cardio, strength, mobility. We even have other coaches on there. You can do yoga, dance, and so much more. And right now, we have 50% off an annual membership. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to JustMove.com and let's get moving. What's up, team, and welcome to the KaisaFit Podcast. Before we begin, I wanted to just acknowledge the times that we are in, and I'm hoping that this is finding you all well and healthy. I also wanted to let you know that several of these episodes were recorded previous to COVID-19, so please just keep that in mind as you listen. All right, team, let's jump into it. How's it going, Kaisa? I'm so good. How are you, Liz? You're so good. How are you feeling? Mind, body, soul. Just good. I'm excited about today's topic. Yeah. I feel like it's um, it's a big one. It is a really big one. Yeah. Talking about bodies. Dun, 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 dun. Body image. Yes. I'm curious how your sense of body image has evolved over the years. I mean, it's been a journey, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I definitely I've told this story before. I have always been muscular. Mm -hmm. I'm genetically muscular. And I grew up in a world where female athletes were around, but I didn't see them anywhere. So I didn't really see myself anywhere. And I didn't feel like I looked like any of the other girls around me. So for me, body image started at a really young age because right away it was the thing that separated me from all the other girls. Um, And so I, you know, back then in middle school had to have lots of conversations with myself about what I looked like and why I looked that way. Mm -hmm. And luckily for me, I was really into athletics and sports. And so I could quickly correlate that what my body looked like was also the reason why I could go and do all these, you know, cool things. And so I remember having those conversations and just kind of finding a confidence in that and being okay with it. But it has ebbed and flowed so much because, you know, then you go to high school where you're a teenager now. And again, the last thing you want to do is stand out, Mm -hmm. you know, from everybody else. And so that sent me into one of the things that sent me into a lot of dark times again. And then the truth of the matter is, and then I went to college. And then because my body looked a certain way, it was like, glorified is not the right word, but it was like, I just got so much attention Mm. because I looked a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was at the time where I hate this, but like the thick was in. Mm -hmm. And so I went from, I had basically my whole life, not a love of my body, but an appreciation. And then I went to college and you're trying to figure out a lot of things. And then at that point in time, you're liked because of what you look like. And it disconnected me so much from Mm. myself. And I could not, it was not a positive thing. It wasn't, I knew that if somebody was, you know, trying to hang out or do whatever, it was because I looked a certain way and it made me feel so shitty about myself. But it was also that it was this pattern that I couldn't step through. Um, and then my self-worth got wrapped up in what I looked like. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's been a journey <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Like that's the most long-winded answer, but 
yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Yeah. So how did you kind of moving forward come out of, of that space? The truth is I constantly battle it. Um, You know, I have a massive saying that I say to myself, I am more than my body. And I say it all day, every day to remind myself that I am more than my body. And it's not, it's a, it's in a love and appreciation of what my body can do and not in what she looks like. And so it's not a negative thing, but what she looks like doesn't define who I am as a woman. Yeah it's a really important thing for me to constantly tell myself. But coming out of a situation in college and being in a really unhealthy relationship with my body and with a man Mm -hmm. and having to kind of de-learn and deprogram and then coming into an industry, you know, in fitness where everything is about the body and having to like really at a young age and a newbie in the industry stand strong in not wanting to train people to change the way their bodies look, not wanting to buy into that culture. It's constantly, because of my industry and where I'm at, it's constantly in front of my face and it's constantly something that I battle and that I battle with myself, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, Okay, well, we're just going to get into it. So the past year, I have had a really, really crazy busy year with work. And so it's meant that I don't have as much time to dedicate to moving and and working out. I was traveling so much. I was on the road. I was, you know, literally eating out all the time. And I just got to this place where I was looking at my body like, this is not the body that I know and like recognize at all. Like, who is this? Mm -hmm. And I had to have, and I'm still having my own, um, It's not a battle because I think a battle sounds negative, but my own conversations with myself on a daily basis of you are so fucking happy, though. Like you are so fucking happy. You've worked your entire life to get to the place that you're at right now. And the thing that you want to focus on is that you don't look exactly like you looked two years ago Mm -hmm. when you were not as happy as you are today. Like this isn't the important thing. And so I think what's really really important for me to be loud about is it's a constant struggle and it's a constant battle and it's a constant conversation that I have with myself. But I feel like I've started to add a lot of tools to my tool belt to support myself. I have my saying um, and I say it to myself all the time. And I'm constantly reminding myself that even if I don't look in the mirror and love every single thing, I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for it. And I'm so you know, thankful for the fact that she wakes up every morning, gets out of bed and does everything that I want her to do. So, you know, what she looks like, I can have a moment of maybe not recognizing or having to get adjusted to the new her, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to shit talk her Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form. Mm, That's so good. Mm. Why do you think how we feel about how our bodies look can have such a stronghold on us as people, as women, as women, we'll yeah. start yeah. with that one because yeah. I think that's the one. Yeah. Because we've been told our entire lives, literally when we come out of the womb, we've been told that what we look like is literally our worth. And I think that that's something where it's really important for women to recognize that and yeah. to acknowledge that so that we can de-learn that. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, it is the truth. It's in our face 24-7 that this is the standard of beauty and that you go far in life if you look a certain way. 
and that that's really what is valued in this world. And I think that because it is what's valued a lot of times, and I think that that's something that it has to be acknowledged and it has to be talked about so that we can start to devalue it, not only for the world, but like for ourselves. And it's a constant conversation that I'm having with myself. And it's something that for 34 years, you grow up knowing that that's important. That's how people are judging you and valuing you and, you know, sizing you up is by what you look like. And as women, especially, I'm not saying it doesn't happen to men, but it doesn't happen to the extent that it happens to women. Yeah, definitely. I've read a lot of interesting, not like research, but just perceptions of it, of women and our appearances versus men and our appearances. One, how much more money women spend Mm, on things to appear differently and to maintain our appearance, despite, of course, being paid less on average as women to do the same job. Mm -hmm. So it's like even less money that we get to have and keep for ourselves. But that, that if a woman looks a certain way or feels outside of a certain beauty standard, how much more kind of detrimental that can feel versus a man who may not meet whatever standard of attractiveness, whatever that means, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like, just that women on average feel so much more impacted by that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that just breaks my heart. Yeah. It's so sad. No, I mean, I definitely, I agree. But honestly, I think women do it to women a lot. And I think that it's easy to say, you know, the media and all these things are to say all men want us to look. But in all reality, like all my guy friends and all men that I come across, like are honestly like, I don't really actually give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, it's not really that important whether you're 25 pounds or, you know, lighter or like, I don't care. I actually literally don't see it. But it's women. We do it to ourselves and we do it to others. You know, I think that's something that we need to be conscious about. I think that we really need to check ourselves and how we're treating not only ourselves, but our girlfriends and those around us and the judgments that we have on our friends and I think, and and anybody around Mm -hmm. us. And it's like, I think we keep perpetuating that by allowing that to happen. But I first believe it's checking yourself. And I first believe it's, you know, second guessing the thoughts that are coming in, you know, to your head, um, the things that you're consuming, you know, all of that. And I think it's, acknowledging that it is in our face 24 seven is the first step. And then learning how to basically deprogram that and put in different images that we want and be really honestly, the judgment that we have on our girlfriends Mm -hmm. and ourselves is very real. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we have full control over and something that, you know, we need to check ourselves on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your practice that you shared of thinking back of, you're in this space right now where maybe you're not moving, you don't feel or look like you're used to having, Mm. but yet you're so much happier Mm. versus two years ago, Mm -hmm. you looked a certain way, but were miserable. Mm -hmm. That's such an important conversation to have with yourself. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, what, why does it matter? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the conversation I'm having with myself every day. And the thing is for me, my point is at the end of the day, and I always say this, health is not a look, Mm -hmm. it's a feeling. That is something where, For me, it's just getting used to when things shift and change. And obviously, as you get older or busier, whatever's going on, the ebbs and flows of being able to move. But at the end of the day, what I always go back to is I'm healthy. I mean, randomly, I just got on a cellular level. I got tested. This Mm. sounds really random. But he 
I my cells were the healthiest that he had ever tested. Oh, so wow. just on a yeah. level of having to say to myself, you literally what you look like yeah. does not have much to do with your health and what's mm-hmm. going on inside. And yeah. so for me, it's one of those things of I just have to get used to the new version of this body. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's the hardest thing for me to wrap my mind around is less about what I look like and more about what I can physically do. Mm-hmm. And that's been a little bit difficult for me because the less that I have time to be in the gym, the less yeah. that I'm doing, mm-hmm. the more deconditioned. And then the older you get, the harder it is to stay. Yeah. So that's more of my issue. But yeah. in all reality, I think it's really important for people to understand that I deal with body image issues yeah. just as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I would also love to talk a little bit about representation when Mm. it comes to body image. And it's something that you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation is feeling like even as a young girl and as an athletic young girl, you didn't feel like you saw people who looked like you. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways you have helped change that. And Mm. I'm curious for you, how does it feel to be the representation of what you wish you had? Okay. Whoa. (laughs) God damn. Thank you. Um, so much for saying that. Jeez, yeah. Les. I think the thing is, is like, God, this shit makes me emotional. I think the thing is, is, um, fuck. when I started and like, I basically had an opportunity to be on social media. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this makes me so emotional. It's okay. I had like a long, hard talk with myself because going through all of the deep, deep, dark times that I went through, all I wanted was to be able to have somebody that looked like me and that I could resonate with. And I remember having a conversation of like, you have this platform now. The reason you're here and the reason the universe has put this here on your plate is so that you can be that. Yeah. And for the young, I constantly think about the young Kaisa and what she would need my nieces and like young females in general, because I think it's so important. I think in a world where it's so easy to feel alone and disconnected and not like anybody else, one single person that you resonate with can can change your entire life. And so I think for me, it's intense that you said it that way because I just feel like you kind of said that I'm doing what I set out to do, which means a lot to me, but that's that's the whole point, you know? For me on social media and being able to have a platform, I constantly have to go back to thinking like, am I am I doing what I set out to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saying it that way is really special to me. But being able to be that person for you, for the young Kaisa and for all young girls that may feel alone and different than everybody else, one, we all feel like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people um, to know that. But two, I it just would mean so much to me for them to look at, you know, what I'm doing and to feel like they see even a piece of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. I know that was like an intense question. It's so intense. Yeah. It's just so intense because it's sometimes I'm like, one, I think, and we've talked about this before, I have a hard time being proud of the, the shit that I'm doing and I don't know why. I've got to dig into that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But to say it that way is like, really, that was one of my main things that I wanted to do. And it feels good to be able to have you're not an outsider, but from the outside, somebody looking and feeling like, you know, you're acknowledging that means a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah. I think sometimes too, we don't realize these things until someone else says Mm -hmm. it. And it's like, oh, wait, I am Mm -hmm. like, I am doing that. Mm -hmm. I am that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So 
In terms of kind of piggybacking off of that, I'm curious what you think of kind of maybe positive ways that the fitness industry has progressed in terms of the different types of bodies that are represented or how bodies are portrayed as well as We're gonna, ways I'm we can a, improve. I'm on an emotional roller coaster right now because <laughs> now I'm getting angry. <laughs> So, okay. I had to say the magic words, fitness industry. (laughs) I know. I'm like, (laughs) here's my thing. I am so sick of talking about females' bodies. Mm -hmm. I am am so sick of it, and I am so over it to the point where I'm like, I just don't even want to give this question much energy. But I'm going to because it's important. Mm -hmm. Here's my thing. We've had the huge pendulum swing of everybody's working out to get, you know, to lose all this weight and to get thin and or have the six pack or whatever it is. And then we have the pendulum swing the other way that the industry, you know, then we're trying to say like, oh no, hold on. Which honestly, when the industry is trying to say this or is saying this, they're just capitalizing on a market. So Mm -hmm. let's be real. Mm -hmm. It's all about money. Mm -hmm. And then what we start doing is we glorify different bodies, mm-hmm. right? Now thick is in. So a woman that genetically cannot get thick mm-hmm. is now feeling like shit because her body is not what's in anymore. Mm-hmm. So I am so done talking about bodies of all shapes and sizes. We are so much more mm-hmm. than our bodies. And I am not going to have the conversation at all that says that we need to talk about them. Whether we're being inclusive, mm-hmm. to me, it's not inclusive and it's not of any importance. Mm-hmm. So I feel so strongly um, to be loud and to really be adamant about the discussion about women's bodies is for nobody but that woman to mm-hmm. have with herself mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And for people really to understand that it's just another way for the industry to make money off of them. Mm-hmm. I know on this show we've talked about body neutrality before. That was something we talked about quite a bit in season one Mm -hmm. and in some of those episodes. And since those conversations, I've tried to think a lot about how do we truly achieve that and how do we help people achieve that? Because I think it is something that, yes, conversations about our bodies should be ours alone. But I think a lot of women do have those conversations with themselves in ways where they pick themselves apart. And I know for me, something that's been helpful is just not just like thinking and talking about my body, good or bad, just not being a thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's just not even, it's just not a thing. This is just like physically where I live, how I walk around, what I move every day, but like talking about it, talking about what it looks like, thinking about what it looks like is just not a thing. And I'm trying to figure out, one, how did I even get to that space? And how do I help other people get to that space? I don't even know. Well, I think when I don't have that answer for you, I don't know. But for me, one of the things is um, finding purpose in the other things that I'm doing in my life mm-hmm. has been really, really um, beneficial yeah. to the relationship that I have with myself. Yeah. Because if I'm constantly wrapped around the thing that says my body is my worth, mm-hmm. then I'm constantly going to be controlled by that. Yeah. So for me, feeling like I'm doing all these things mm-hmm. in life and I'm proud of all the things that I'm doing really helps put things into perspective. Yeah. I mean, it helps put into perspective exactly right now where I'm feeling, where yeah. if I wasn't in you know, a positive space of feeling like, you know, every day I'm working towards the things that I love and I'm passionate about them, then I would be going down a downward spiral Mm -hmm. of I don't look the way that I looked, you know, two years ago. I can't do the things that I want to do. Like, you know, I think it's really important for us to be, you know, honest about where we're at and what else we're doing, you know, with our lives. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
And in your position, I mean, maybe this was a bit more relevant when you were still training clients. I'm curious, did you ever meet resistance from clients that you were working with like around this when you were trying to be like, that's not what's important? Oh, yeah. I mean, every day. The, The hilarious thing is I came into the industry as a young, what was I, you know, 21, 22 year old trainer thinking like, all right, fine. Like if you want to come, you know, because everybody that comes is trying, you know, that is a new client coming to you is coming to you because they want to lose weight and they want to change the way they look. So I'm just sitting there, you know, cocky Kaisa. I guess I'm not the trainer for you. Okay, fine. You can go train with them, them, them. And all of a sudden you look around and I'm like, (laughs) so I got no clients. (laughs) So this isn't going to work. So I got to change what I'm doing right now. And what I learned really quickly was you got to meet people where they're at. And Majority of the time, basically what I learned was I was almost their parent in some sense. So what I started to do was change my perspective. I met them where they were at. I didn't care why you wanted to come to move. Mm -hmm. The fact was you were there Mm -hmm. and you wanted to move and that's all that mattered to me. And then from there, I took it as my responsibility to start creating situations that would help shift their perspective, Mm -hmm. to start having conversations or to not engage in certain conversations. I think that's a big one for me as a trainer. It still happens now. And people come up to me all the time knowing that I'm, you know, a trainer and want to talk about all these things that they want to do to change their body. It's important for me not to engage in them. But back then, that was my whole, that's kind of the mission that I took on was Mm -hmm. like, all right okay, you know, Leslie or whoever came to me, like, that's fine. If you, you're coming to me because you want to lose weight, that's fine. And I just took that. But the back of my head, I was like, I'm all of her program. Like everything that we're going to do is to show her how incredible her body was. Mm-hmm. And everything that I did was so that every time that she walked out of the gym, yeah. she walked out feeling better and better and better about herself. Yeah. We talked less about what her results were in terms of weight that she was losing, but more about how are you feeling, you know, mm-hmm. constantly bringing back to that. How's the rest of your life going? And this is something that most people wouldn't think is a thing to brag about, but I thought it was one of the coolest thing. I trained relative, like middle-aged women mm-hmm. when I was a trainer. And I had three women that got divorces mm-hmm. over the course of like four years that I was training these women. And it was so incredible because I'm not saying like I'm pro-divorce. I'm just saying, I'm saying it in the way that they got so in touch with themselves yeah that they became so empowered with who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just decided to do the thing that they had wanted to do for so long. Yeah. And that's when that's when I really started to realize the power of movement and how life-changing it is to be connected to yourself. For sure. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm like chills listening to that. Yeah. The long-winded answer, yeah. I basically, you know, you in this industry, we come up against that all day, every mm-hmm. day. And I think instead of bashing it mm-hmm. um, or knocking it, I think it's extremely important to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of work to get to where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. So to assume that, you know, everybody should be there is, you know, that was 21-year-old Kaisa and we've moved on from, yeah. we've grown up. Yeah, we learned. But <laughs> yeah. also too, it's, you know, it's hard if you feel like you've reached this place of like, man, I used to struggle with this and now I kind of see the light. Like mm-hmm. you want other people to see the light too. Yeah. But you know what's so interesting? <laughs> I feel, I mean, you learn everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. for, you know, for the past several years, I've been louder and louder now on social media and I'm more of my body and all these things. And it's just, it's kind of hilarious how, I started traveling so much. I have this injury that I'm dealing with right now. I can't work out as much. My body, I'm getting a little bit older. My body's shifting. And it's like the universe is so hilarious. It's just like, just like shoving it in my face like a big old mirror. Like yeah. I thought, but you're more than your body, right? Yeah. But you're more than your body, right? Yeah. But one of the gifts that it's giving me is a more of an understanding 
of, you know, what people may be going through. So I can relate a little bit more now because I started to get into this place of like, I was working out so crazy. I was doing all these things. My whole life was focused around that, that it was not, I wasn't in reality very much of the people that I'm around and trying to, you know, encourage. So I think it was the universe's way of being like, "Mm -mm, I'm gonna humble your ass. Come on back (laughs) down here. You know, like, no, it's real. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's something, you know, that we struggle with all day, every day. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's just whether or not, you know, we have the knowledge and the tools and the support system to help us kind of come out of that space when we go into it. Yeah. But we're totally all a work in progress. Always. I think is the beautiful lesson in that. Always. Yeah. Always. Totally. Yeah. And when you look at somebody who you think has it all, they don't. Like yeah. absolutely nobody does. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody Everyone's has it all. It out. Nope. We're all figuring it out. Yeah. I'm really interested to see with this next generation kind of what happens with these feelings and conversations because I feel like they have a little bit of everything. Yeah. Some good representation and some not so good representation. And I'm really curious to see as they get older with social media and with just the ability to see people of all different walks of life, like what impact that's going to have on them. Yeah. I mean, we can only hope that it's going to be positive. Yeah. I think, I think it's amazing that they live in the world that they live in with so much more um, representation. And I, I honestly talk to younger kids that I'm like, that is not how I was thinking when I was 12 year old. Like, damn, they are smart. smart. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Um, And I think that's incredible. But I also think that they're living in a world I couldn't possibly imagine having to live in with social media Mm -hmm. and, you know, what's going on in that world now and having to be so young and differentiate between what's real and what's fake Mm -hmm. in the world of social media it's hard at our age. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And the things that they're looking at and thinking that they need to live up to or be is crazy. So, you know, I think it's also one of the things that really helps to keep me motivated and fueled yeah. because it's a big thing that drives me to kind of have these discussions and put them out there louder and louder so yeah. that, you know, at this point in time, like especially young girls don't grow up thinking that they have to be the Kylie Jenners of the world yeah. because – no knock to Kylie, but that ain't it. No, not at all. No. Well, thank you so much for this, Kaiza. I feel you. like as always, I'm just always blown away by how much you share with thank us. You. I am blown away by how you just get in so deep, <laughs> but I appreciate you more than you know. So thank, thank you. you. And team, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you all as well. Team, thank you so much for being a part of this brand new Kaisa Fit podcast. And a major thank you to my girl Les at Balanced Black Girl for helping me make this dream a reality. You can go check us out at kaisafit.com. And if you have a moment, please go leave a review on iTunes. This is new and I would love to hear what you think. Thanks again for joining me today.